Welcome to The Dollop. I, Dave Anthony, tell a story from American history each week to my friend... Gareth Reynolds, who knows nothing about it. God, do you want a little hit of dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary, Gareth. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickly Podcast. Okay. There's you are there. Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> Uh, is that bad this week? This week a bad one to not know? Um, it's a great one. Okay. We're doing LAPD month in December. Right. Uh, all four of the big dollops will be LAPD dollops. The smallops won't be. Yeah. But it's LAPD month. Are you excited about that? Yeah. And I think it's great that all the proceeds are going to go to the LAPD. I think that's a nice <laughs> way of doing it. Give back yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to put it into the racism fund. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Just it's about expanding racism in the Los Angeles police. Oh, I was going to say, I didn't think it was yeah counter. Um, we're going to go back to the origins of uh, police in uh, Los Angeles, where it all began. How cops started in L.A. The California gold rush began in 1848 when gold was found at Sutter's Mill on Colum- in Coloma, California. 300,000 people rushed into the state. So that's a lot of fucking yeah. dudes. Yeah. Uh, these are mostly men looking for a quick buck, like douchebags who didn't want an honest day's work. Like, Definitely douchebags. Like, like it's like it's like if someone started a lottery in one state and there were no other lotteries and everybody moved to that state to join the lottery. Think about entertainment. Part. It's a little like that. <laughs> so it's those kind of people. Right. Uh, and there was a lot of lawlessness in the state. I'm sure. Crime shot through the roof. As boom towns started appearing in the 1850s, vigilantes started putting justice in their hands because no forms of government were established. Okay. These people would assault, accuse thieves, rapists, and murderers. Vigilante groups became especially popular in San Francisco, where criminals preyed upon the citizenry with impunity. Okay. That'll actually be a dollop at some point. Okay. So. They really did some shit in San Francisco. <laughs> what, a vigilante police force? I'm shocked. There were committees, vigilante committees. Things became even worse in Los Angeles and the surrounding counties in the early 1850s as many of the criminals driven out of San Francisco and the gold country became came to the less populated Southern California, making the city and surrounding countryside a dangerous place for many good. years. Good. Mm-hmm. Sounds good so far. The first specific Los Angeles police force was founded in 1853 as the Los Angeles Rangers. Okay. A volunteer force that assisted the existing county forces. Okay. So county cops, but no city cops. Right. And they created the Los Angeles Rangers. Now, they didn't work out. And the Rangers were soon succeeded by the Los Angeles City Guards. Okay. Another volunteer group. Uh Uh-huh. Neither force was particularly efficient, and Los Angeles became known for its violence, gambling, and vice. Okay. Vigilante groups took to the streets in Los Angeles. City councilman Felix Sinore led the lynching of a Frenchman named Lanchenet, who was suspected of killing his neighbor, Jacob Bell. A meeting at Stearns Hall was largely attended. A vigilante committee was formed. 
Lanchelet's record was reviewed and his death at the hands of an outraged committee was decided upon. Jesus. Everything being arranged, 300 or more armed men under the leadership of Felix Signoret assembled on the morning of December 17th, marched to the jail, overcame Sheriff Burns and his assistants, took Lanchelet out, dragged him to the corner of Temple and New High Streets. Is there a New High Street still? I don't think so. I haven't heard of it. No. And summarily hanged him. The following January, County Judge Y. Sepulveda, hey, ah, he, got a street, he got a street named after him. The big one. Yeah. Charged the grand jury to do its duty toward ferreting out the leaders of the mob and so wipe out this reproach to the city. But the grand jury expressed the conviction that if law had Hithro been faithfully executed in Los Angeles, such scenes in broad daylight would never have taken place. So the jury was like, well, look, if they if he had been tried and convicted, then we wouldn't have to do it. Right. And then the counter argument is, is well, you broke him out of a jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, There's a good uh, argument there. <laughs> I so mean, the process was taking place. Yeah. His, his taste of freedom was real sweet, too. He was like, oh, it's so nice to be back on the street. Come on now! Breathe. Breathe. That's what they I yell. hope he was going to say breathe. Because if he was just talking about cheese, that's a crazy way to go. What was his last words? Breathe. <laughs> he yelled breathe. He shouted breathe. I like a soft cheese. <laughs> you can eat the duck belly. <laughs> So not only did the grand jury fail to indict anyone, but the lynchmen also boldly published a rebuke to the authorities in an editorial. Hold on. Dog, stop. Sometimes the dog wants to get on in the action. That's understandable. So, so this is what the guys who did the lynching wrote. Okay. They wrote, this in the, they wrote a fucking editorial. Oh, cool. In the Los Angeles Star. Cool. It is to be hoped that the hint given by the people... Yesterday will be sufficient ammunition to cause the weak arm of the law to recover its former strength and render it unnecessary for the people for whom all the power of the law proceeds to ever again retake the law into their own hands. So a hint. So even though he got broken out of jail. Yeah. They're saying that the law should have done its job. Yeah. And that what they did was hopefully make the law do their job. Right. So they they. While he was in jail for a crime he committed. Yeah. They weren't happy enough, and they... Right. Right. Okay. So people are morons. Yeah, and they sound like they're good people. They do sound like good people. Yeah. Good people, Los Angeles. The kind of people you want founding, because I feel like these are people we're going to be following for a minute. The fact that Los Angeles lynchmen included influential citizens was shown by the access they were given to one of the city's finest and newest structures, Tetonia Hall in which to deliberate Lanchonet's fate. Afterward, they marched through downtown in the light of day before dragging him to his fate. So they just did it in the middle of the fucking day. Well, I mean, you want to be home before dark. As of 1971, no lynchers had ever been prosecuted in Los Angeles. Okay, 1971? Uh, Not one lyncher. Okay. Oh, sorry. Eight, it, must eight. Be, it must be 1870. Okay. I must have done that wrong. Okay. I do that wrong a lot because I'm so used to writing 19. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did it for a lot of my life. <laughs> uh, well, it's like you said, Columbus discovered America in 1942. <laughs> <laughs> the first paid police force was created in 1869. Okay. When six officers were hired to serve under city marshal 
William C. Warren. All right. So here we go. This is the start. This is the beginning of the LAPD. I mean, it isn't officially called the LAPD for like 40 years, but... But this is it. They were the original seeds of what was years later to become the Los Angeles Police Department, but these six men were not the most honest lawmen who ever walked the streets. Oh, boy. Our story will focus on an alley in Los Angeles known as Negro's Alley. Oh, Jesus. A fine fine name. Yeah, a lovely name. Is that not a good name? Uh, No, I think it's not a good name. Hmm. Yeah. It was a narrow lane fronted by crumbling adobes left over from the city's early days. Named for the dark-skinned Spaniards who owned property there, Negro Alley, for two decades, had been the most dangerous piece of topography in the United States. Its gambling houses and flesh markets were home to gamblers, quick-draw artists, men, the, men like the princely Jack Powers, the bloodthirsty Cherokee Bob, and the notorious man-killer Crooked Nose Smith. Crooked Nose Smith? That's yeah, a great name. Jesus. But don't you love that with your the thinking would be that New York is the fucking right, but this this alley is this the alley. worst place in the United States. I'll be honest, it, it sounds like a place you'd probably want to go to just for a stretch, a little visit, visit, little visit. Yeah, go talk to Crooked Nose Smith. Hey, Crooky. Hey. Uh, of forty-five, of forty-four homicides that occurred in Los Angeles in a fifteen-month period, the highest murder rate that ever been recorded in the U.S. A good portion took place in the alley. The Chinese were already objects of both fear and revulsion in Los Angeles. Cool. <laughs> That's cool. Nice. Fear because they would work long hours for a pittance, and revulsion because their religion and culture were alien. Oh my God. <laughs> we're scared that they work too hard. We're disgusted by their thoughts. <laughs> they're different, therefore awful. Oh, they're so fucking different! They're awful. Popular books at the time suggested that the Chinese streaming into California by the thousands to search for gold eventually would take over California and elect a silk-clad Mandarin as governor. <laughs> okay, so, not, so it was grounded in reality, they're Not fear. very different than yeah. today. No, really honestly. not. They, I mean, they, uh, the difference is now that they actually do own all the property. <laughs> <laughs> They're buying, they are buying it all. Hatred was so strong that during the Civil War, California's legislature passed a law that forbade any Chinese from testifying against a white man. Oh, cool. <laughs> so really, they just legalized white on Asian crime. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because if you can't testify... Were there but, any witnesses? Just the Asian man. Well, that's not going to work for us. Just the guy stabbed who's Asian. Just the guy who was stabbed nine times. That's, it was him. Yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> Come on now. So this was an invitation to violence. Yes. For the white, would, for the white I, man. I would say that's definitely what that was. Hey, uh, can we make a law that'll just allow white people to kill Chinese people? Yes. <laughs> yes, we can. Yes, we can. Uh, the economy was on decline at the end of the Civil War. There was social dislocation. Blacks were moving in. The Chinese were very successful. All these things caused resentment. That's a white man's nightmare. Yeah, fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. On the day of October 24th, 1871, tensions had been building toward violence among Chinese factions in Negro Alley for several days. <laughs> this is a normal a sentence. Great, oh, wait, till you, wait till you hear what I get to later. Oh, boy. And tensions between Chinese and Angelinos also were on the rise, as were tensions between the Chinese gangs. The cause of the tensions was the kidnapping by a Chinese company of a woman belonging to a rival Chinese company. Okay. The companies were a kind of gang that offered support and structure to the Chinese in America. The kidnapped woman was a gorgeous woman named Yut Ho. 
it's close to yes. It's super close to being yet ho. Yeah, it's it's not a great name. No, because I'm sure in this time, like a white guy could just be like, I misunderstood. <laughs> I thought it could just take her because her name was Ho. Oh, not guilty. She- <laughs> not guilty. She was also a married woman who was kidnapped by a company to be sold into marriage. What? Yeah, it's all fucked up. Uh, so the kidnapping company was the led, kidnapping company the one that kidnapped her was led by a man named Ho Ying who was tight with the white power structure in Los Angeles okay one businessman who knew him better than most called him a gutter sniped Talleyrand oh well how dare what does I mean, it that's mean? bad <laughs> I know a gutter snipe is bad because it's gutter like a, snipe sounds it's terrible. A, it's a fish that lives in the gutter. Oh, it, a gutter snipe is a fish well, that lives in the isn't gutter. Isn't a snipe a, a kind of fish? Yeah, a snipe is a fish. And so a gutter snipe is a, would be a snipe <laughs> that lives in the. I don't know what a Talleyrand is though. It just you know you don't even need to know. You can just tell how it would be called. It'd be like you gutter snipe and Talleyrand get out of here. Like it's not good. No, I liked it. You like it? You just like that? Yeah. I, I don't You're being know. such a Talleyrand. <laughs> no, I don't. Stop it, you Talleyrand. I'm not feeling anything. You're such a Tally. Got a snipe. Oh, I didn't like that. <laughs> um, the woman was kidnapped from a company led by a shopkeeper named Sam Yuen. Sam Wynn. Okay. Yuen? Yeah. How's it spelled? Y-U-E-N. Yuen. Sure. All right. Yuen brought down several hitmen from San Francisco. Okay. To get her back. One of who, who was her brother, Choi. Hmm, I Choi like Choi be coming. I like this. Choi is coming. I tried to look up Talleyrand, but it's just all restaurants. That's, Talleyrand. That's what he was, yeah. You restaurant? <laughs> get out of here, you restaurant. Fine dining establishment. As soon as Choi got off a steamship in San Pedro, he went right to Negro Alley and found, and found Yo Hing. This was October 23rd. He fired several shots at Hing. Hing wasn't injured, and he filed charges. Choi was arrested. Okay. Hing and Choi, Hing had Choi's bail set at an insane amount for the time. What? $2,000. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, for fuck yeah, yeah. Yen rolled in to post bail, and Hing's attorney was stunned. He couldn't believe a Chinese guy would have that much cash. A policeman went with Yen to his shop where... He saw the bail money and a lot more hidden in a trunk. Okay. Wait, so Choi Choi's bail is set at two grand. Yeah. So and the guy who hired him, yeah, yeah, comes down and says, I can pay the bail, and they go, Okay, where's the money? Then he's and right. then he, him and a cop go back to the his place, his and shop, and he opens up a trunk with all the fucking money in yeah. it. Okay. He takes that two grand and the cop goes, Look at all that money. Hey, you know what I always loved? Money. Money's good. Money's fun. Now the rumors started. In one of the most lawless places in the country, throughout the city's endless drinking establishment, word was out. And there were a lot of drinking establishments. Of the Los Angeles's 20, 285 business, 110 <laughs> surf liquor. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's great. So now they're all talking about how this Chinese guy is. He's got cash. all this money. <laughs> cool. Now, it was well known that the Chinese company paid, paid off uh, police for favors. Mm-hmm. As Hing said about L.A. law enforcement, according, according to a newspaper account at a later court hearing, and this is, this is quote from the paper. Oh, God. This is not good. 
Police likey money. Oh my god, that was printed <laughs> in the paper. Police likey, likey money. God, I, it would be great to live in a time where you could see that on a newspaper <laughs> and it's insinuating racism. What if it's just like a scroll on the bottom of a yeah, CNN thing? Right. Police likey money. <laughs> uh, this, uh, yes, I'm coming right now from Times Square where the update is strong. Police likey money. <laughs> police likey money. Okay. Uh, sure. Well, the chief favor rendered by police was the retrieval of escaped Chinese prostitutes. Okay. The women were little more than slaves to the companies, yet whenever a prostitute tried to escape, all her owner had to do was go to court and swear out a warrant accusing her of theft. Then, knowing they would earn a nice reward, the police would track the woman to Santa Barbara, San Diego, or elsewhere and bring her back to the Chinese gang. While the police were off hunting prostitutes, they left the city completely unguarded. Cool. So it's a terrible police force. Yeah, sounds really horrible. They're just making sure the whores go back to the whorehouse. Right. Cool. The system of payoffs led to police officers being openly allied with one Chinese company or another. One police officer at the time was a man named Jesus Bilderain. like that name. Bilderain had a reputation for dishonesty and larceny. Okay. Several court cases were filed against him in the years before and after October 1871, accusing him of stealing valuable... Roosters for her use in his cockfighting operations. Oh, Jesus Christ. I love that that's his, <laughs> that's I love that's his big crime. Yeah. So He's rooster stealing. Instead of like, like how hard is it to breed some roosters? Instead yeah. of fucking breeding roosters, he's just going well, and listen, taking them. He just wants to start with winners. I think yeah, that's then, respectable. He's just finding like the craziest hen and taking it. <laughs> then he goes and fights him. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's quite a life. <laughs> <laughs> the law's here. Give me your rooster. <laughs> Along with his brother, Ignacio, Bilderan was a gambler. For years, he and his brother controlled and manipulated the Latino voting bloc in Los Angeles on behalf of Democratic candidates. On election day, it was a common sight to see Jesus Bilderan in a white duster stuffing bills into voters' pockets in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, it's just very public with the, uh, it just sounds like there's no, I mean, you can't, at least do it a block away, maybe. It feels very uncop-like. Yeah, very uncopish. With that being the background, according to Officer Bill Lorraine, he was having a drink at Higby's Saloon on the night of October 24th, 1871. Okay. When he heard gunfire. Uh-oh. He jumped on his horse and galloped for Negro's Alley. Right. That's just a great sentence. Yeah. He said he found Choi lying on the ground with a gunshot to his neck. He then chased a group of Chinese men into the Coronel building, where Yuen's shop was. Okay. Where the money happened. Yeah, yeah. Bill Durain said he charged in and was shot. He then blew his whistle to sound the alarm. That's when a man named Robert Thompson responded. He put his gun into the door and fired. Then he opened the door and was shot in the chest. Oh, Jesus. He said, I am killed, and collapsed into the street. Oh, that is a good set of last words, though. That's I love how he's better than Brie. I love that he's already using the past tense. Yeah, no, he's dead. That's, ama- that's what I mean. It's so like, <laughs> I like it's, it's about to be true, but it's your last thought and not true yet. I've been killed. <laughs> he died an hour later. Then, according to Bill Lorraine, a mob of 500 swarmed into the alley to lay siege. 500 was 10% of the population of Los Angeles. 500 people ran out to just get pissed. Yeah. Okay. One big problem with this story is that Thompson wasn't a cop. 
He was a saloon owner of one of the most notorious scary saloons in town, the Blue Wing. Of course, with vigilantes all the rage, it's possible that he came to help out. Mm-hmm. To believe Bill the Rain's story, you'd also have to ignore the fact that he wasn't on the take, that all the cops weren't in the pockets of the Chinese companies, and that everyone in town wasn't talking about how much money Yuan had in the building. Mm-hmm. Also, That's a lot to ignore. Also, Bill Lorraine's story kept changing. Oh, good. According to his own account, after he saw Choi wounded in the street, he chased Yuan's gang into the coronel building. But that didn't make any sense because Choi was working for Yuan. Okay. He was his hitman. <laughs> yeah. He also insisted that he had seen Yuan shoot bar owner Robert Thompson, which was amazing because Bill Lorraine was lying w- wounded in the street when Thompson was shot by someone in the dark <laughs> interior of the building. <laughs> okay. Some alibi stuff, sure. <laughs> Little alibi shit, whatever. <laughs> The most probable explanation is that Bill Lorraine was working for the kidnapper Hing. Okay, right. Over the next couple of months, Bill Lorraine kept changing his account of what he saw that night, sometimes naming Huen and sometimes not. Eventually, he ended up testifying for Huen, saying he had never seen him on that night. <laughs> All right. Consistent. Very consistent. That's nice. Uh, okay, I got paid again. I'm going to switch it up. Uh, no, now he wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, but he not anymore. He, he wasn't, wasn't there. there. And I didn't get shot. I didn't get shot either. No. None of that happened. None of that happened. Can I go? I wasn't there. I'm not a cop. What are you going to do, bring a Chinese guy up here? Bring it. What's he going to do, testify? <laughs> <laughs> White man. Uh, <laughs> what actually happened was Bill and went to Negro Alley that night to rob Yuan. Horace Bell, an early chronicler of Los Angeles. Wrote that Bill Duran and Thompson went to UN's store that afternoon for no other purpose than to steal his gold. Cool. In the days after, UN said his men opened fire on Bill Duran because he came for the gold in the company of Hing, his enemy. Uh huh. So, what happened after Thompson and Bill Duran were shot? The mob came. At first, the mob was held at bay by gunfire coming from inside the coronal. LA's top cop was Marshal Francis Baker. Okay. Baker arrived at the scene just as Thompson was shot. He deputized an ad hoc collection of men to surround the coronal building. He said he wanted to prevent the escape of those involved in the shooting. But recruiting guards from a mob was a questionable decision. Certainly. Baker's next decision was even weirder. With gunfire ringing out behind him, he went home to bed. (laughs) Oh, wait, what? He's probably not very clear with his plan. Well, he's the chief. He's uh, he's the top cop. Let's surround him. I'm going to go to bed. Everybody, let's get there. All right, I'm going to go to sleep. I'll tell you what, this surrounding has really taken it out of me. I am going to... All right, there's a lot of gunfire. God, am I the only one who's got a case of the yawns? Oh, I'm so tired. I it's can't stop yawning. I get tired with this Asian killing him. Well, good luck with all that, guys. Uh, cop Hope I uh, turn in. Cop go sleepy. Mm, cop go sleepy. As he did, some members of the mob climb onto the roof and use axes to hack holes in the roof. Then they sprayed shotgun and rifle fire down into the rooms below. By the time the mob had battered open a second door with a large rock, the Chinese had given up. Okay. Police did little, as was evidenced by the actions of two officers, but probably the most experienced, Emil Harris and George Gard. Both had proved their bravery during the Mexican bandit wars. Okay. I don't even know what that is, but that sounds like <laughs> That awesome. sounds like a good war. I mean, wars. Yeah. With bandits. Yeah. It's almost like a vigilante police force. Have to look that one up. Yeah, bandit wars. Holy shit. Harris helped capture the dashing Tiburcio Vasquez, and the star said he and guard were hard to beat on either a warm or cold trail. 
Okay. They were the shit. Yeah. No Fuck stop, yeah. No stopping these guys. Badass motherfuckers. Mm, I think there's something that'll stop them. While the mob went crazy, Harris and Gar just hung out near Hayscales at the corner of Los Angeles and Arcadia Streets a half block away. Yeah, we should go there and do it from there. <laughs> Harris did grab one fleeing Chinese man, but when he was surrounded, he just gave the man up. Okay. All right. All right, you want this one? Oh, uh, sure. Oh. I, I don't need him. I was going to keep this one. That's okay. You can take him. Take him, guys. Take him. Seems like you guys really want him. Do whatever you want. You guys going to play ball? (laughs) You guys play ball? Harris just returned to his post, later saying he was unaware that any Chinese people had been harmed. Okay. Sure. Some argued that no one would expect a small, poorly trained police force to stand up to an armed mob of hundreds. Right. Right? Yeah. Okay, there's a good argument. Yeah, I think that's fair. But the argument that the police were powerless that night was put to the lie by Robert Whitney, a badass former school teacher who was a vigilante in his own right. He was known to sidle up to a mobster, yank him by the collar, shove the barrel of his pistol into the man's throat, and whisper, Get out or I'll kill you. Oh, God. <laughs> so, come on. You're, you get out. That's guy's fucking awesome. Um, you get out when that happens. Yeah. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Whitney managed to save five Chinese people that night. Okay. Police, Jesus. Police saved none. Yeah. So the idea that you couldn't save any... Little, the, there's not a great faith in the police. No. Yeah. It's more likely that police were compromised by their secret deals with Chinese companies and accustomed <laughs> to letting vigilantes do their deeds. So they just stood aside and let the mob do its work. That's cool. I'm glad things are so different. <laughs> Good. That things have changed so much for the better. LAPD started well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's also I like that like when you put law like you put laws in place for a reason, and it almost makes things worse because of how people will just skirt them. Totally. So it's like now like okay now the system's fucked. Cool. Complete. All right. There Perfect. It is. Done. I'm probably gonna go home and go to bed. I am exhausted. I'm so tired. All this gunfire, oh, racism, the gold. Tired. I'm just pooped. You know what a mob does? It makes me want to go sleepy. Oh god. Under the gaslight street lamps, the Chinese were dragged to hastily hastily erected gallows downtown. Bodies were soon swinging from two upturned wagons on Commercial Street, as well as the crossbar on the Tomlinson Corral, a popular lynching spot that had been used to string up the Frenchman Lachenay. Popular lynching spot. You gotta have a popular lynching spot. Oh, don't go there. Oh, you know what's really good? Have you tried the crossbar on Thompson Carroll? I kind of like divey lynching areas. Yeah, like a place with like oh, no. not so many people. You can sit down the, and talk. What about the, the like the lights? I the, like it. I like the big show. But what you're not seeing is the pageantry. No, I get that. Look, I get all that. And I like going to that lynching area. I'm just saying there is like my local lynching area is kind of my favorite. It just seems so drab. It is drab. But look, look we're different. I like to I like to see like the swinging body and behind them the shadow. Yeah, see, I like to be with like a friend I haven't seen in a while, and we can oh. kind of catch up while the body so like swings. A, like an intimate thing. Yeah, totally intimate. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Now totally. I like a big crowd. I like a show. I like a. Yeah, I've just never know. been that person. I don't know. Different different lynches for different I bitches. Guess so. I guess so. Yeah. The Good mob, talk though. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Go ahead. The mob also used the porch of John Guller's Wagon Shop at Los Angeles and Commercial, a block from the south entrance to the alley. Okay. Guller was a former respected city councilman, husband, and dutiful father. He objected bitterly as the Chinese were hoisted outside his windows. 
There are small children inside, he protested. Oh, Jesus Christ. Word. Now there's small men in there. You try up, you son of a bitch, growled the man as he leveled the rifle at Gawler. Jesus. <laughs> wow. People were fucking awesome. <laughs> they were just awesome. <laughs> I don't want my kids to see this. Shut, Shut up, the fuck bitch. up, or they'll, they'll watch you die. <laughs> just fucking amazing. Now let us hang these Chinese people outside. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to still be weird about it? You don't like decorations? Oh, my God. Your kids sound like pussies. Oh, I'm raising a big baby. <laughs> my name's Goller. My kids are all going to be pussies. So then so then you have basically two minutes to just kind of prep the kids. Okay, guys, so real quick. Okay, so here's what's going on. Um, uh, there's been a lot of uh, social and economic problems with the... Oh, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, you're gonna okay. see, that's what I wanted to tell you. You're going to see some body swing, guys. Maybe I should have started off with the economic thing. Sorry, uh, sorry. There is about to be dead Asians hanging outside of here. Okay, so the quickest thing I can say is uh, people know Lucky Chenny. Okay, people like you money, people know Lucky Chinese. Police like you money. <laughs> As the Chinese were hauled up, a man on the porch roof danced a jig. Normal. <laughs> Normal. Just the normal capper. I just picture it like a big musical, and at the end, you just pan out, and you need to see the guy jigging. This guy's like a hack. He's like dancing a jig. He's probably got like a, a yeah. gallon bottle. Yeah, yeah. Wee. Yeah. Wee. He's like that guy straight out of a cartoon. It's like, Tom, it's not time to jig. Well, I jig about anything. I'll jig about whatever happens. My name's Jimmy Jig. What you call me about? We're hanging up the Chinese. It's time for one of my classic Jimmy Jigs. Yesterday, I was jigging for pie. <laughs> this morning, I just jigged to get up. I'm a jigging just a jig. I'm jigging because I'm so excited about my last jig. Somebody shoot the jigger. And no, I'll get, I got a shooting jig. You want to see a shooting jig? Oh, you got it, boy. There's gold up in them mountains, I tell you. Gold. He says a lot. <laughs> should stick to jigging. Uh, the man dancing the jig gave voice to the resentment many Americans felt about the Chinese working I think we're, wages. we're putting a little much on him. Come on, boys, patronize home trade, the man sang out. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, one more time. Come on, boys. Come on, boys, patronize home trade. Come on, guys. He's jigging on a roof above a bunch of hanging humans with a message. Yeah, about international trade relations. Tra- now's the time for the trade talks. <laughs> Get into it, Jig Man. <laughs> Come on, boys. Come on, boys. Let's get an embargo on wheat. <laughs> Let's talk about the gross national product. Woo! <laughs> Come on, boys. Stop GMOs. <laughs> uh, the bloodlust was Fucking not- Obamacare. Woo! <laughs> Oh, the jig guy's great. Suck my dick, congressional budget <laughs> organization. You know, the jig guy's getting, he's reaching a little. I don't know if you've heard some of the latest jigs. Little little out there. Screw you, Environmental Protection Agency. <laughs> Come on, this jig's for employees of American Airlines who have been getting unfair wages. Let's go. Woo! <laughs> I'm worried about the erosion of the middle class. You <laughs> Jiggy. Jiggy the Jigman. Oh fuck. <laughs> what a fucking 
to. <laughs> What's that sucking sand? That's jobs. <laughs> There's nobody around him anymore. <laughs> it's fucking 4 a.m. Everyone's, yeah, everyone's gone. He's just jigged for three days straight. <laughs> he wakes up. He's like, man, I just jigged so long. Oh, fuck. Day. I am so embarrassed. I just went on a jig bender. Oh, Jesus. I Wife's gotta... leaving me. Uh, Larry, did I jig last night? Yo, yeah. You don't remember fucking jigging? No. All you did was fucking jig. It was mortifying. I was, I was really drunk. I was hammered. How long did I jig? You jigged for about five hours. Did I say anything? Yeah, you just, yeah, you tried to, you tried to talk about the Constitution. <laughs> you wanted to, you wanted to secede. There was a lot going what? on with your jigs. Yeah, a lot of, you wanted to create jiggling. Jeez, I didn't talk about Atlantis, did I? Yes, you did. You <laughs> talked about Atlantis. That's mainly what you talked about. Fuck. Oh, God, I got to stop drinking. Jigging. I, I, you got to stop jigging. I don't know. I feel like it's, I drink and then I jig. <laughs> I jig to drink. Oh, wait. Wait. My feet are moving. Oh, God. Oh, no. Here we go. Oh, no. Here we go. Stop Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> jigging to heaven <laughs> after he dies. Uh, the bloodlust was, blood was not only in the men. A woman who ran a boarding house across the street from Gawler's shop volunteered clothesline to be cut up for the nooses. Hang them, she screamed. Oh, Jesus Christ. A boy came running from a dry goods shop. Here's rope, he called helpfully. God, a boy. <laughs> a boy. Here's rope to hang them. But it wasn't just the rabble of Los Angeles having a good time. It was also the city's elite. Some of Los Angeles' leading citizens were cheering on the killers. Good. Among them was H.M. Mitchell, a reporter for The Star, a future leader for the Democratic Party. Mitchell would serve a term as sheriff before marrying into the wealthy Glassell family. Oh, wow. How about that? All right. So people don't know Glassell Park is a huge like yeah, a area a of the city over here. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. The Glassell family. He, sure. He married into a family that has a fucking portion of Los Angeles named yes. after it. Okay. Uh, and he became a gentleman faller and collector of Western antiquities. Cool. That's what happens when you get a lot of money fast. A member of the crowd heard Mitchell yelling, Hang him! Oh, God. I mean, also, you guys, people have already yelled that. Yeah. How about something else? String him up or anything. Yeah. They're all just yelling, hang him. Yeah. And get a rope like, yeah. like it's a picante <laughs> salsa commercial. <laughs> New York City. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And I like, like, I mean, you, people are like, you know, saying creative things. And at the end, you come in with, hang them. It's real good. Really nice capper to it all. Where's that jig guy? This String him up. Stale. Oh, Jiggy? His legs don't work. You oh, didn't hear? Oh, no. Yeah. He can't jig anymore. Oh, my God. Doctor says he had about two weeks to jig. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> the jig's up. The jig is up. Sorry. I apologize to everyone listening. (laughs) Harris Newmark, one of the most respected members of the business community, heard a shot as he left work. Walking over to Los Angeles Street, he learned that Thompson had been killed. Newmark said he went home to supper, expecting no further trouble. Cool. Get a a meal in. (laughs) Pop, get a meal real quick. Sure. I suppose being a leader, I go over and talk to these people, or I'm hungry. (laughs) It's taco night. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, he's got to go home for Taco Tuesday. All of the Chinese in Los of all the Chinese in Los Angeles, Doctor Gene Tong was probably the most eminent and beloved among both his countrymen and Americans. Okay, he could have made much more money opening an office in the American part of town, but Tong stayed in the alley, 
dispensing both traditional and modern medicine from a small shop in the Coronel building. Okay. So that's nice. It is nice, but I have a feeling so it's some, about to sour. But some of them are treated well and respected by by whites and, and, and yeah. everybody else. Yeah. So that's great. Some, it's, oh, that's great, Dave. Yeah, that's great. As we deserve dra- a medal. As he was dragged along the street, he tried what? to stretch. What? What the fuck? As he was dragged. As he was dragged along the street? <laughs> the fuck did he do? He's giving he medicine. Was, he was there. He's Asian. He's Chinese. He was there. Okay, sorry. As he was being dragged As he the was street. dragged along the street, he tried to strike a bargain with his captors. He could pay, he said. He had 3000 in gold in his shop. He had a diamond wedding ring. They could have it all. Instead, one of his captors shot him in the mouth to silence him. <laughs> I mean, that'll do it. But that will quiet a man. Yeah. Shooting him in the mouth? It's kind of shooting him in the brain. Some would punch a guy in the mouth. Sure. But if you really want to be... Put a gag over a guy? But if you really want to be sure, you just shoot a guy shoot in the mouth. shoot his mouth. Cool. Then they hanged him. Oh, but, just to be safe. But not before they cut off his finger to steal the ring. Can't, I mean, is it so much work to remove a fucking ring? Could you just well, take was, a ring off? It was on there really good. Just, go get some butter, his fat, assholes. His fat Chinese fingers. He's probably very nervous and swelling from his fucking dragging. I don't know. I mean, I would, I would guess the Chinese people are dragging. It's down probably all the faster time. to just take it off. I don't know. All right. Anyway, so you make, he's you dead. Really, you make really bad points. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. Tong's dead. Next. Harrison Guard eventually worked their way to UN store, where they stood guard for much of the night. This was odd since the mob had already looted the store and Yuen's drunk. <laughs> so after the mob came and they dragged out the Chinese guys and they looted the store, then two cops walked over. To be safe. To yeah. guard. Hey, we better keep an eye on this place. <laughs> Sounds like things got pretty shitty. <laughs> they probably had only one thing on their minds, reward. Both men were allied with Yuen. Just days before the riot, one newspaper reported they had received nice presents from him. Nice what, kind of, what kind of story is that in the paper? It, nice presents. Two yeah. police officers <laughs> received a nice present from the UN. <laughs> no, it's just under police likey money. Gold dragon. Yeah. Police, they, got, they got golden dragons. Police also likey presents. The massacre finally was brought to an end by Sheriff James Burns, a colorful man known as Daddy to the gamblers and whores. That's you do not really want to be called Daddy by, by a whore. whore. It's not a in public. Really, it's a, yeah. Yeah. That means he was fucking him and making him oh, daddy. Oh, right? oh, he was fucking him. Yeah. And they daddy? were all calling him daddy. Yeah, daddy. Yeah, it's not. Who's your daddy? No, you are. We all call you daddy. That's right. Okay, but just, you don't have to ask, because we all, do, we all call you. Who's your daddy? <sighs> you are Sheriff Burns. <laughs> all right, daddy out. <laughs> Daddy's going to roll. He asked for 25 volunteers from a crowd of onlookers. I, I like that there's a mob killing people, and then there's people watching the mob kill people. Yeah, and then your idea of everything just seems to, all of a sudden, you're recruiting people who could be murderers. <laughs> all right, who wants in? It sounds a little bit like when we went to Iraq, how we just handled it. Uh, soon, Burns was hoisted onto the shoulders of the crowd and carried into the alleyway, and the mob faded into the night. Great. Daddy's happy. By 11 p.m., the booze was flowing at the bars as the mob celebrated. At J.H. Weldon's, a man with blood on his hands and his shirt bellied up to the bar and yelled, Well, I'm satisfied now. I've killed three Chinamen. Uh, I mean... Set him up! 
And is the is he's satisfied? Yes, I understand that he's satisfied, but he's it's okay. He's in this place Look, and saying that and looking like that is okay. It's just a gentleman. No, no, no. Covered in blood. Yes. His hands, his shirt, blood all over him. Yes. Who is screaming about killing three But he's been very clear. He's murdered multiple times. But he wants a drink. And does he get it? I'm sure he does. Okay, because nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck. Just kill Chinese people. Just a guy covered in blood looking for Saying that he's killing Chinese. Okay, cool. All right, just wanted to make sure we're on the same page. The next morning, the citizens of Los Angeles filed past the town's jail to view the bodies of the dead laid out in double rows. There were double 17. Double rows. Jesus there Christ. There were 17. It was the largest mass lynching in American history. When word of the massacre, which is impressive considering how many people the South lynched. Yeah, no, way to go. <laughs> When word of the massacre reached the outside world, the reaction was universal horror. Okay, good. In the East, citizens asked what sorts of monsters had taken up residence on the West Coast. The Methodist Conference started raising funds for missionary work in Los Angeles. (laughs) Jesus. Frontier apologists blamed the massacre on the, quote, dregs of California society, an assortment of thugs from mines of the North and lawless Mexican territory to the South. American hoodlum and Mexican greaser, Irish tramp and French communists all joined to murder and dispatch the foe, wrote poet and historian A.J. Wilson. I mean, neglecting the fact that it was also city councilmen and, yeah. and the cops and yeah. their, everyone else. No. Yeah, it's not. It, it, it's, it, you should be more alarmed, but that's fine. As long as they're <laughs> alarmed, we'll take it. The mood of the city from top to bottom was that it had been time for the Chinese to learn their lesson. Oh, good. Yeah, you got to teach them. Yeah. Hey, we showed them. Yep. You know All those what? dead guys probably learned a valuable lesson. Coming over here and working yep. cheap. Yep. With your own ideas. I'll give you $3,000 in gold. Shoot the mouth. <laughs> what? As one survivor of the massacre said, according to news accounts. Okay, so again, this is a Chinese man who survived the massacre. So now we're going to have a... Newspaper quote what oh, he said. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> this is not, not going to be good. When Melican mad get he mad, he damn fool. He kill he a good Chinaman, Ali same bad Chinaman. That is a quote? Yep. Straight out of the paper. <laughs> <laughs> it would have written, just... It, written in the Putin newspaper it, it, with extra ease. It takes more time I to think do that. I know. I think that at that time they had a typewriter with a double E key. (laughs) (laughs) Any Chinese stories like type it on that one. You'll need the double E. (laughs) You're going to need the double E. And here's some yellow out in case you make mistakes. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It was a public relations disaster for a town that was trying to attract a rail link. That was wanted. A railing. You're not ready for a railway, motherfuckers. You're hanging people in front of children freely. You want public transportation? You earn it, fuckface. Gareth is spoken. You are not ready for a rail link. You are not railway Excuse ready. Excuse me? You want a rail link after this? No. Pardon no. me, Los Angeles. No, no. Fuck no. Who's going to feel comfortable building in this environment? <laughs> You can't turn your back. 
<laughs> Ironically, most of the rails were built by Chinese. Uh, I mean, it's hard when you're killing them to get yeah, them to build. Yeah, but I just realized the dead ones won't work. He getty mad. He getty mad. Wow. Unreal. He killy good Chinaman. He killy good Chinaman. I mean, I mean, in a paper, in a newspaper, <laughs> news, <laughs> news, God. not a comic. <laughs> News. Uh, so they wanted the rail link to bring thousands of Anglos to Southern California and sweep away the last of the Mexicans. We're just a good, yeah, good, good people. Country. We get it. We're, we're not a great, problem solved quickly. We're a great country. Yeah. At the coroner's inquest, one witness after another, including police, were somehow unable to recognize any of the mob members. But then some mm. people, be- but then some people began to remember. A few merchants were named, a farmer, a silk grower, a butcher, a blacksmith, a saloon owner, and a carpenter. A constable named Richard Curran was fingered as a man who shot at the Chinese. City councilman George Fall was identified as having attacked Hing with a plank of wood. Jesus. (laughs) Fuck. A plank of wood. A plank of wood. A city councilman was hitting a Chinese guy with a fucking two by four. Uh, and then him and Noah likey, huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's on record as saying in the newspaper, Hima got a bigger board, and me and Noah likey it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the grand jury finally issued indictments accusing two dozen men of murder. Okay. No, no prominent men, though. No cops. In a shocking turn of events, the most penniless defendants managed to hire one of the most distinguished and successful members of the bar to defend them. Okay. The legendary Edward J.C. Kewins. All righty. Los Angeles' first trial of the century began in March 1872. Picking the jury was hard, as one prospective juror after another was disqualified because he belonged to a vigilance committee. (laughs) That is, I mean, that really, he's got to be like, this jury pool is not looking good. <laughs> have you ever been part of a vigilante? Yeah, I was and currently am. Uh, have you ever been part of a vigilante? Uh... Yes. What about you? Have you ever been? Yeah. Uh, what about back there? Yeah. Is anybody here not a vigilante? Yeah. Oh, you said not? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the presiding over the trial was Robert Whitney. The okay. hero of the massacre. Oh, good, 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 good. Right? Who acted to save the Chinese people when the police wouldn't. Yep. Unfortunately, he wasn't a member of the bar. What? He's acting as judge. <laughs> he just happens to not be uh, a lawyer of it, or a Perfect. judge of well, No, 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 of course. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to <laughs> stick on that. No, no. Continue. It's fine. Just a judge who doesn't know. He's the ex-school oh. teacher. Right. Cool. Right. <laughs> good. Good, good, good. Good. First, a drifter named Crenshaw was convicted. Always start with the fucking drifter. Crenshaw? Right? Yeah. Well, Crenshaw. I don't, I don't think Crenshaw was named after the No, drifter. no, no. I'm not even suggesting that, but that guy's gone. You know that that's not going to go well. He was not convicted of murder, but of manslaughter. Okay. Policeman guard testified on his behalf, getting him off on the murder charge. Guard, but, said, so that he he, just guard mur- said that he went up to the roof and handed him a gun. Uh-huh. And at the end of the night, he went back and got the gun, and all the bullets were in the gun. Okay, so, so magic, I guess. Or what are we? What, what, oh, he just willed it. The trial, 
the trials of the next nine defendants were combined. Seven of the nine were convicted of manslaughter. Whitney gave them sentences ranging from two to six years. Take that! Two years. Now from... you know not to form a mob and lynch what? people. And it's just okay to call... It's just manslaughter just because it's Chinese people, <laughs> right? I mean, that's why... I believe so. Yeah, okay. I believe so. I wonder if any point, if anyone was like, ah, why? It seems a lot like murder. <laughs> What's the difference? Because it sounds a lot like they, they murdered him. accidentally hung them. Okay. I mean, they were at fault, but it was an accident. Right. They accidentally hung rope, suspended rope. And what they did was dangerous. Sure. Granted. Oh, they played with fire, my friend. And then they got kind of... And hung. 17 Chinese people got burned. They you read, the, read the description. They kind of hung 17 Chinese men. Right. Not they hung... They uh, kind of hung them. I, th- I think you're letting the Chinese people who are deceased get off a little easy on this one. They were pretty implicated in all oh. this as well. But they, they couldn't have been hanged without this. But two of them said they likey hangy. No, oh, that's right. I remember hearing that. I remember reading that in the paper that they were quoted <laughs> as saying that. Good paper. Then, just after the guilty border ship for San Quentin, defense attorney Kewen filed papers with the Supreme Court of California, alleging that the convictions were improper because the district attorney committed a fatal legal error. Prosecutor Thom, who happened to be from the South... Oh, Sure, that's fine. Had correctly charged the defendants with murdering the beloved Dr. Tong. Okay. But Thom had failed to introduce evidence that Tong had been killed. Oops. (laughs) That seems pretty important. (laughs) It's what's known as a technical error. Yeah, just a little snafu. Oh, did I forget to... Uh, oh, my God. Slipped my mind. Oh, I feel so weird right Egg now. Egg on my face, anyway. I, uh, oh, I totally... Uh, I spaced. Damn it. Well... Uh, How could I have done that? Anyway. Anyway, you guys, have go, fun. Get out of here, you crazy yeah, kids. On. Get out of here. Oh, well, I'll see you guys in New York. Alley. <laughs> the convictions were all set aside. Cool. Well... Tom had never uh, attempted to retry the defendants. Of course not. He also never brought to trial the majority of those accused by the grand jury. Right. So okay. the grand jury accused tons of people. Right. He just did a few. Yep. And then, and then they basically the nothing. The guy hitting the, uh, the guy with the board. Yeah, uh, yeah. Free. Yep. Walking around. Yep. Councilman. Yep. Leader. Just like that, LA had disposed of its messy public relations problem. Sure has. Yeah. yeah everything's fixed. No one fixed. thought about it. Everyone's like, oh, no. they're innocent. Oh, fair enough. Ah, uh, done and done. Uh, I was wrong about not letting them have a rail line. They should have a rail line. And now. <laughs> Local newspapers did not even mention the lynching in their year-end analysis of the major events of the previous 12 months. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what happened this year in Los Angeles? This year in review. <laughs> Orchards planted down on Orange Street. Anything in October? Not that I can recall besides Halloween. November? Moving yes, on. great month. Great month. Within five years, the arrival of the Transcontinental Railroad made the trip west fast and safe. Los Angeles became a modern city, and many of the men who lived through rough times grew rich. The Chinese 17 were the last to be lynched in Los Angeles. Many of those involved had interesting endings. In 1877, Ho Ying was hacked to death by an assassin bearing, quote, an old grudge. 
Somehow the author failed to note Hing's connection to the massacre only six years earlier. Jesus. Just that it was an old grudge. Yeah, sure. Celis, one of the two defendants acquitted in the massacre case, died in a bizarre accident while chasing horse thieves in the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> According to the account given by Guard, who was writing... Guard. Right. Policeman, yeah. Who's riding right. in a buggy with Celis at the time. A rifle fell out of the wagon. Oh, this is good already. And hit a spoke on one of the wheels. Uh-huh. And the rifle discharged. Oh, okay. As one would do. And a bullet struck Celis square in the chest. Right. Yeah. No, you've heard it a million times. <laughs> you know, when a rifle when a rifle gets in wheel spokes, it's just can be very dangerous. Look, he's just a great cop. That's fine. And Look, I know it's hard to believe you had to be there, but that's how it happened. And I what trust, do you think happened? I trust the guys who were the beginning of the LAPD. They're What's good. What's not to trust? There's not, they, not to so trust. far no, no reason to not trust them besides just a couple mini-massacres. H.M. Uh, Mitchell went hunting with city attorney William E. Dunn in the foothills beyond Pasadena. Okay. That's right where we are. Yep. Dunn mistook his friend for a deer and accidentally shot Mitchell. Twice. The old, mm. the old two accidental sh- shots. Mm. I accidentally you can, shot. You can accidentally shoot once. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Sorry. Oh, double sorry. Ah, what is with me today? <laughs> Such a goof. I can't believe I accidentally shot you in the head uh, and the chest. Oh, oh, oh. What am I doing? <laughs> I just killed my friend. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Twice. Lastly, guard who at some point became a railroad detective, died in a fiery explosion. Oh, I'm sure his friend just thought he was a pizza or something. <laughs> That's it. Good. It's all very normal and good. Uh, you like the LAPD so yeah. far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So yep. far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it good. It gets better. It's just no. a, they just agree. They just... Look, they started well. This started as we, big. As we get further into the LAPD, you, you'll be able to know now that they started with the best of intentions and they were wonderful group yes, of people. Yes, their heart was in the right place. Clearly. Uh, and then just a couple, like we said, just a couple little... And then and you hear the story and then you think about how I, bad ISIS is, but yeah, were well, we no, that much better? No, they, no. And, we, and you, can't, you can't ever, you can never say shit like that. Like what you just, you can never ask questions like that. But it's so true. It's like the difference between what's right and wrong is our perspective, which is always right. Right. And that's it. Like the, like the pilgrims. Yeah, exactly. Like the pilgrims. Exactly. So you can come. You can do whatever the fuck you want to anybody because we get it. Right. And then that's just an impossible non-worldly way of thinking. Yeah. And, and then when people, when people do it to combat it, you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> We do. It's like nukes. We're like, nobody can have nukes. America doesn't want anywhere to have nukes. We have more nukes than fucking anybody. Yeah, it's insane. Nukes that are rotting in the ground. Yeah, just nukes we don't need, but yeah. we're just like, we're very worried Iran will make a nuclear bomb. And it's like, you have give you have 35. Yeah. They're not going to do anything with a nuclear bomb because you would annihilate You would them. just, I mean. Do you know how nukes work? Yeah. So, I mean, that's our policy. Yeah. Anyway. You can't have nukes because you're crazy. <laughs> well, you guys have used them. Yeah, but you're nuts. Yeah, now we know that they're not to be used because we <laughs> use them. It's it's also like uh, like uh, when Obama just got China to sign the um, emissions yeah. thing. It's like for years, the argument is just like, 
Yeah. Well, like, we well, do whatever why, the why fuck we, we want. Why yeah. China's China fucked didn't up. Do, China won't do it, so fuck it. You're like, oh, God, you yeah, fucking... China, China did it. Yeah, China did it. So now what? <laughs> oh, there'll be something else. Yeah. We'll fuck... We're fucking everything up anyway. Anyway, that was the great hanging. That was That's known as the Chinese Massacre of Los Angeles. It's really a feel-good story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it's just good... It's good to hear that we're we're good people. We are good people. Yeah, and I got to look at the crooked nose now. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, we keep that guy around. I don't care what he was doing. Later, girl. Bye, bye, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth. You know from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army. To join me for, I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th. Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there hey there people listening to the dollop uh this is gareth yes the same guy i listen i have a new podcast called we're here to help that i'm doing with my friend jake johnson it's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't but we try to help people with problems that are important to them you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts and it is out right now so go listen to we're here to help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. 